Now we're getting to the bottom of everything. It's time for Mother Angelica. I mean, that's awesome. Answering the call. Answering the call. This world is no place for Catholic chickens. Answering the call. You call that a failure? I call it a great success. Here's Father Joseph and Doug Cat. Welcome once again to Mother Angelica Answering the Call, the program that guarantees you'll never get a busy signal because Mother already picked up the call. And these are all calls that came in from her live show viewers and prayer partners over the years. I'm Doug Keck. Joining me, as always, is our network chaplain and Mother Angelica's confidant, Father Joseph Mary Wolf. Great to be with you. Good Father. to be with you again, Doug. And we always, uh, you know, can learn something from Mother. And just to think of her fielding, you know, all of these different questions about life, about tragedy, as we'll be hearing today, about the spiritual life. And God really does give us a wisdom and an insight from his word that she loved and she studied from his presence that she adored. And so we're the beneficiaries of her own spiritual life, and hopefully we too can do similarly. Right. We're going to have some topics, one having to do with miscarriage, if I didn't love you, I wouldn't say it, and also a daughter who wants to be a nun. But we'll start off with why does God permit evil if he loves us? Now, that's an eternal question, right? It really is the, the big question, right, throughout the ages. Why is there evil? Does God exist if there is evil? And I love Pope Benedict's writings. He's so clear. And he wrote this beautiful encyclical when he was a pope, Space Salvi, on hope. And in that, he has a section on God's justice as a reason for hope. What? Mm -hmm. <laughs> we would say, what? And what he's saying is that whatever injustices that we suffer in this life that are going to be more than compensated for in the life to come. Why? Because God is just. So even when we go through horrible things, as this woman describes in this first situation, we know that ultimately God will be the recompense that will be above and beyond all of that. Especially when you're, you're talking about the death of a child in, mm -hmm. in, a, in a tragic, really kind of horrific kind of accident. So you're, you're really talking <clears throat> about a, a, something that would definitely make any parent probably question that, you know, where was God in this? And I sometimes will tell people we don't have to understand, but we do have to trust. We trust in God's promises. We may not understand in the moment how can we when something like this takes place. We, we grieve. We have tears. We look up to heaven. But we do trust that he's going to be with us through that and that he does keep his promises. He's prepared a place for us in heaven. Right, and that's one of the great consolations I think Mother alludes to, the, the idea that when you die, you and your wife will see her again. So remember that. Let's see what Mother had to say when the question was, why does God permit evil if he loves us? We have a call. Hello? Hello, Mother. Where are you from? Uh, my name is Gerald Rieger. I'm from uh, New Ulm, Minnesota. Uh, July 2nd, my 21-year-old daughter was killed in a car train accident. I'm sorry. And, Mother, uh, uh, my wife and myself, to just have a few questions uh, to get us through this. Mm -hmm. uh, one would be, like, did God cause this? And number two, how can he be loving? And number three... If he did not cause this, why didn't he protect her and, and, and her baby from harm? 
because she was she was also nine months pregnant too. Okay. That is a mystery. It is difficult, very difficult. God did not, did not cause it, no. I don't know what happened, if someone hit her or she, was, she hit someone else or she slid, whatever it was. The train accident, that's even worse. Whatever happened, it could be caused by perhaps she slid in front of the train. We don't know. But it did happen. And your next question follows. Why did God allow it? In other words, why did God permit it? We have to understand that God sees everything. He saw before time began when your daughter would be born, conceived, born, lived. He knew all of that. For a reason we don't understand here. There's where our faith has to hold us up, hold us up. Whatever reason God allowed this to happen, we must bow to his infinite permitting will and know it was for the good of your daughter and her baby. And, and we, we rebel against that because Peter said the same thing. You see, he said, look, don't go. You don't go if you're going to be murdered, if you're going to be, if you're going to suffer so much, don't go. Let's look at how things are now, okay? Her baby is with her in the kingdom. That baby never saw pain, never felt pain, never saw a jealous look. Never saw an angry look or heard an angry voice. Suddenly was conceived and then saw the face of God. Oh. And had total happiness. Unbelievable joy. Your daughter maybe taken out of her time. Maybe her time was when she was 80. Had this accident not happened. But God in his infinite love and mercy is so generous. So generous. That he would give her greater glory, greater love, greater compassion, greater everything in the kingdom because she was deprived of the rest of her life. And so now she has greater glory than she would have ever had. She has a joy that you and I cannot even imagine. And our faith has to bow before the Lord because He knows. 
when you die, you and your wife, you will see her. And all that glory. And then, at that moment, you will know why. But then, it won't matter. And that's how you and I have to be a witness to the world, that we can accept this tragedy with faith. With faith. That's when our faith grows in the time of tragedy and, and heartache, and disappointment, and, and the unknowing. The unknowing. That's when your faith is at its best. It doesn't take away the pain or the grief of missing her. Or even the wonder why. It only says... God, I trust you. And we'll say a prayer for you. I know you are already handling it well. Next up, uh, another tough topic as well, Father, miscarriage. You know, and I was looking for this on the Internet, and one of the things that popped up was Jim and Joy's show with Dr. Micheline Friedenberg. She founded what's called life perspectives. They have wonderful resources for people who have experienced miscarriage, which is a heart-rending thing. You know, I've counseled a number of couples that have suffered miscarriage, and they had a number of children already, and yet it's still a tragedy for them because they, they learned to love this child and were waiting for this child to arrive. Absolutely, and I think uh, when this show airs, I'm not sure exactly when this one, but uh, we were taping a couple of special episodes uh, with her and Dr. Ray on his show, and she's going to be mm -hmm. featured on a regular basis on his show for a segment because we do feel like miscarriage is not the kind of thing that has been focused on enough. And In fact, in a lot of cases, Father, in the past, it would be the kind of things people would, would kind of poo-poo it and say, mm -hmm. well, you can always have another child. Right. Let's not talk about that. Mm -hmm. you know? And it's for the husband, too, that sometimes that's been overlooked as life perspectives brings out. But husbands suffer, too. You know, this husband that I was counseling, one of our employees, actually, mm -hmm. that there were tears in their eyes, you know, over the loss of this child. And they had many children, and yet they loved this child. Right, absolutely. And uh, try to recall, you have a child in heaven, so keep that child alive. Let's see what Mother had to say. We have another call. Hello? Mother Angelica? Yeah, where are you from? I'm from Kansas. And what is your question? Um... Today, my son and his wife uh, miscarried their first child, huh. and five months ago, my other son and his wife miscarried their first child. I would like to know what the church's teaching is on where these babies are. I have read that Our Lady has all the little aborted babies, and I can, I can just picture that. Also, I would like to know, you know, the doctors say that a lot of times these miscarriages occur because there was a deformity or something like that. Well, we know God has made the child, and God doesn't make mistakes, but yet we know he allows things like this. So mm -hmm. I just would like your opinion on why these things happen like this sometimes. Yeah, I had the experience of going to a dear friend of mine's uh, uh, home, and uh, she was in the hospital, had a miscarriage, and... The Lord gave me a prayer for it. I don't remember the whole thing, but it, it went something like, 
You have a child in heaven. And, and you know, if a child miscarriages, the first thing you ought to think of is, I baptize thee in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Make that intention. But that is a child. The church teaches it is a human being from conception. See, so you have a, son, a daughter or a son. And I, I talked to someone one time and they, had, they said, we have had 15 children. I said, oh, 15. Well, five are in heaven. <coughs> Wonderful. They knew they had 15. So it isn't, they, they, they haven't had the opportunity to hug them or to bathe them or to kiss them. But they will see them in heaven. They will see them. And they will touch their hand. And they're saints in heaven because they've never committed a sin. When these people die, all of you that have had uh, miscarriages, oh, you're going to be surprised when you go to heaven. You had a child, just didn't have an opportunity to see it. But he's there, or she's there. Uh, if you have any idea what it was, name her, or him. Pray to them. They will thank you for all eternity for bringing him even this far. And so I hope they too will rejoice that God has given them each a child. As real as I'm sitting here tonight. Pray to them and ask them for the things you need. And we'll pray the next one, our twins. It won't hurt. There's more Mother Angelica answering the call on EWTN Radio. Let's return to Mother Angelica answering the call with Father Joseph and Doug Kecht on EWTN Radio. And it's part two of Mother Angelica answering the call with Doug Keck and Father Joseph Mary Wolf. Father, this topic, we've got a call having to do with, if I didn't love you, I wouldn't say it. So there's a little bit of confusion here about uh, confession, mm -hmm. and I think most people do this right. You know, in my experience and being a confessor for uh, over 25 years, uh, most people get it right, but some have some questions about it, too. And uh, so mortal sins, so those serious grave sins of our lives, we need to confess in kind and number as best as we can remember. So maybe this person lived a very wild life for, you know, several years. Well, they can just estimate as best as they can. But mortal sins, serious sins, need to be confessed in kind and number. <clears throat> Venial sins, it's not necessary. It can be more of a general sort of thing. A particular fault that you want to maybe especially focus on in your own spiritual life to grow in that area. Right, and again, uh, I think part of it is to avoid scrupulosity in, in, in having, uh, going, uh, confessing things that either aren't sins or venial sins. Mm -hmm. But Mother makes a really good point that confession 
gives you more than just, in a sense, the idea of, for you to be forgiven, mm-hmm. but it's the repentance act itself that mm-hmm. helps you avoid those sins in the future. Yeah, so it's not just meeting, <clears throat> it's not just meeting some obligation, but it's I need to come with a sorrowful heart for my sins and want to change. That's really the essence of the sacrament, that there has to be sorrow there for my sin, the desire to change. And also, I know uh, St. Teresa of Avila said, you know, the path basically to the mortal sin or venial sins. It starts with mm-hmm. doing the small stuff and having that build up. And, and the more you do that, the more you build a home for mortal mm-hmm. sins to find them, you know, to find comfort mm-hmm. in. And so it's important to get rid of those things and see those. Obviously, communion, a good communion will take that away as well. Yes, and the more that we grow in our virtue, the further away we get from that cliff of mortal sin. And sometimes also confession can be an opportunity for people to get some counseling as well on something else that might be going on in their life that might not be a sin, but where they could use some spiritual direction. So let's see what Mother Angelica had to say. We have another call. Hello? Hello, Mother. Where are you from? Evansville, Indiana. What is your question? Uh, my daughter uh, hit me w- upside the head with the question. Uh, uh, she said that the, she didn't have to uh, uh, confess the number of times she committed a sin. And I told her that's, that's uh, erroneous, that you have to list the number of times to the best of your recollection. And uh, she didn't see, too, where she should have to confess to a priest or to a man uh, the type of sin. I told her you got to list a, a type of sin. You don't have to go into detail, but you have to list the sin, and you got to list a number of times. And uh, but she says uh, she was taught that she didn't have to. And I says, where were you taught that at? Well, I sent her to a Catholic high school here, and that seems to be the impression she came from it with. And I don't. What do you say on that? Well. You know, we have a. The Bible says we have. We, we look for teachers. We have itching ears. And we're looking for teachers to tickle our ears. We're looking, always looking for people who want to tell us what we want to hear. But if you commit a sin, then you must tell that to the priest. You have to go to confession. One of the symptoms of our worldliness today, the worst kind of worldliness, is that we do not commit a sin, and so I don't have to, I don't have to go to confession. What does that mean? That is so worldly because what it says, it calls God a liar. St. John says that in his epistle. He who says he does not sin calls God a liar. And the fact that you commit a sin over and over is something you must confess in order to get the strength not to commit that sin again. See, we don't understand confession. Confession is not rattling off some sins. It is a, an opportunity to be sincerely repentant. And then every confession I make washes my soul a little more to the point where I get more strength not to commit that sin again. And so when we don't go to confession, the world comes in and says, you don't need to go to confession. He understands. Are you telling me God understands sin? No, he abhors sin. He loves you 
when you sin, but he hates the sin. See, darkness and light, St. Paul says, have nothing in common. Nothing. You see? When you hear things like that, that you, you know, you're obligated to say that's not right. See? If you commit adultery or fornication, you know that's not right. God here speaks to you. And you've got to confess that or hellfire is waiting for you. And if I didn't love you all, I wouldn't say that. See, because most people today have such human respect and they want to hurt this. And I'd rather hurt you now than have you hurt eternally. That's a great error in the teachings of this modern, so-called modern theology. It's rot. With a capital R, rot. And if you buy it, well, you made a choice. I wouldn't if I were you. And closing out this program, Father, is a call about a daughter who wants to be a nun. And it's interesting, you know, that some people, like Father Benedict Rochelle, he said at the age of five, he knew he was to be a priest. <laughs> and what a wonderful priest he was. Absolutely. Others, like our own Mother Angelica, said that she <laughs> thought <laughs> nuns were the most unhappy people in the world, <laughs> and she'd never be a nun. And so she was called later. So it's interesting how God works with each personality and their particular circumstances, and he calls us when the time is right. Right, which is why it's always important to be open and to be listening to what God wants us to do, because mm -hmm. that may change at different times. Uh, I mean, Mother talks about one of her nuns who knew she was going to be a nun from the time she was three. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so the important thing for young people, and I've met a number of young children, and um, you know, later on, people who are later on in their lives. And the important thing is to pray. And I always encourage them to pray, especially before the Blessed Sacrament if they can, because Jesus is there and he will direct them um, if they have that vocation. Right, and we want the parents as much as possible to be open to that, but at the same time, we don't want parents to be pushing that at the same time, right? Right, exactly. So it has to be something that's freely chosen and it's a move of love that as mother experienced the love of God so profoundly, she realized she had to give him everything. Absolutely. A daughter who wants to be a nun. What did mother have to say? We have a call. Hello? Uh, mother Joka. Yeah, Good where, are you where are you from? I'm from Missouri. This is Vincent. What is your question? Well, I got a request from my daughter. Mm -hmm. She's 11 years old, going to be 12, and she wants to ask you a question. How can you she get some literature on your religious order because she wants to be a nun someday? Ah, and she wonderful. talks about all the time. <laughs> she talks about you and how wonderful you are. Well, thank you. Well, you just write to me here at the network. Put on the letter vocation. And then it'll take a different turn. <laughs> <laughs> If you want to be a nun, that's what you want to be. A lot of my sisters one of them wanted to be a nun since she was three. I thought, three. Wow. But some guys, God inspires many children at a very young age. So what you need to do is to pray, 
Give yourself to Jesus now. Be loving, kind to your neighbor, thoughtful. Think of others before yourself, obedient to your parents. And God will slowly begin to show you how to give all to Jesus. But you can read the scriptures, read the lives of the saints. They're so interesting and so encouraging. So I would do all of that. For more about Mother Angelica and to listen to her shows, go to EWTN.com. See you next time on Mother Angelica, answering the call only on EWTN Radio.